The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Marketing at Lightspeed with your host, Ethan Raziel. Many companies don't even know where to start when it comes to marketing and PR. That's why we're here right now. Get ready to learn the secrets that experts have known for years. We'll cover everything from social media to your website. Can you hear the sales growing? Now, here's Ethan Raziel. And good evening, everybody. My name's Ethan, and I will be your host this evening. You are listening to Marketing at Lightspeed, and we are live all over the world, right here on Voice America. Now, I want to start by thanking Carpenter Group and Polly Carpenter. The Carpenter Group makes this show possible by giving me a place to record the show. Brooklyn, where I live, is an amazing place in many ways, but one way that it's not amazing is the noise. It is not a place to record a radio show. I guess I shouldn't use the word record because we're live, but I don't know what the word would be for that. To do a radio show? Create a radio show? But I'm doing it from Carpenter Group, and Carpenter Group is an amazing branding and design company. You should check out carpenternyc.com. One of our guests this evening is part of Carpenter Group, and you'll be hearing from him in just a moment. But they do great work, and you should definitely check that out. Now, who am I? I, your host, Ethan Raziel. I head up Lightspeed Public Relations. I've been doing that for almost three years, but before that, I spent a number of years as a reporter with Gannett, who own USA Today and some other big things. And I spent a number of years with Uh, a gadget company called Samsung. I was the communications director at Samsung Electronics, and I also spent almost 15 years at Edelman Public Relations. Now, why am I giving you this laundry list of companies? Because they're all behemoth, huge, and large organizations. And they all have their strengths, for for sure. They're all great. But they all are hung up by bureaucracy and red tape and tape of all colors. I don't like any kind of tape. So when I left Samsung, I started Lightspeed to do what I love, which is marketing. But to do it without being slowed down by process and policy and protocol. Not that there's anything wrong with that, unless you want to get your work done. So I started Lightspeed in 2013 along with my partner Amanda and I've learned a lot over the past three years, and I started doing this radio show to share with you, my listeners, some of the things that I figured out, some of the insights that I've learned on how to do marketing more quickly, more efficiently, but to still have fun. And I got to tell you, you should have fun. If you're not having fun, rethink your choices. Your job should be fun. I think about that every day. 
If I'm not having fun, something's wrong. If you're not having fun, something's wrong. But even more important than my insights is that of my guests. And each week I have, I've really had amazing guests. And if you hadn't, if you haven't listened to my other shows, it's on iTunes. Just type marketing at Lightspeed into iTunes and you will be able to, this is episode eight tonight, I think, if my math holds up. It's episode eight. And by the way, apologies for my voice. It's in bad shape tonight. I need to drink some tea. Polly said I should get a professional voice coach and she's absolutely right, I'm gonna do that. It's in bad shape. So I'm gonna depend on, on you guys, my guests, to do a lot of the talking tonight, which is probably just as well because I think you're both smarter than I am. My guests are Brittany Oat of Be Social and a member of Lightspeed and Michael Kuskowski of, of Carpenter Group. And these two are both social media superstars and that's the theme of tonight's show. We're going to talk all about social media, and we're going to teach you some of the best and most insightful, insightful tips and tricks and insights and best practices for social, how to do it and what not to do. So we're going to get to all that shortly. I do want to tell you how to contact me. You can call. I would love for you to call in. Unless you're Howard Stern, in which case don't. I don't want to hear from Baba Bowie tonight. But the number is 866-472-5790. You can email me at ethan at lightspeedpr.com. I would love to hear from you. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ethan Raziel. And of course, my website is www.lightspeedpr.com. Now, I'm going to give you my three tips of the week right now. Every week, if my loyal listeners will know, and I do have loyal listeners, every week I do my three tips, and then we talk to the guests. So my first tip is to shut up. Just stop talking for five seconds, which, of course, is ironic for me to say as I'm here droning on. But it's really important to stop and listen, especially if you're a marketer like me and probably like you. People forget one of the most important roles of the marketer is to listen. We have a thing called market research. Before you start creating your ad campaign, your PR campaign, your social media campaign, you have to understand the situation you're in. It may mean doing a survey. It may be doing primary, secondary research. It may be asking your client what the situation is. But I know you're super smart because you're listening to this show. But nobody is too smart to listen. So really listen. And when I say listen, I don't just mean stop talking for a minute and just wait for your chance to be smart and to talk again. Actually listen to what's being said to you and process it and embrace it and ingest it. And there's going to be a side benefit. Here's the real secret. Those who actually stop and listen sound much smarter than those who just talk and talk and talk. It's a fact. It's been documented. I read it somewhere. I read it on the internet, and it must be true. So stop and listen. Okay, next tip. I was on a call with a client today. And I said something that I thought was, was insightful, and I was kind of 
in a self-congratulatory mood, and I was texting one of my colleagues, and I said, you know what I love to do? I love to parachute in, say something smart, and parachute out. That's cool, right? Except there's one problem with that. You can't parachute out of anywhere. Parachutes don't go up. Parachutes just go down. That's ridiculous. So I have a new phrase, parachute in and parasail out. Because parasails can go right out. So what's the advice? I have an exit strategy. And it doesn't mean an exit strategy for your business, although you should have that too. It means for your idea. It means for your call. It means when you go into a restaurant, know your exits and face the exits. But for whatever it is that you're proposing, know how to wrap it up. Have an end game in sight. The beginning of something is just as important as the end. Know your exit. And I'm going to give you my third, my third tip is the importance of failure. I talked a little bit about this a few weeks ago. It's really important if you're an entrepreneur, whether it's public relations, whether it's advertising, whether it's graphics, whether it's social media, try everything, okay? Not everything's going to succeed, and that's okay. It's really important to try as many things as you can because you won't know what succeeds until it fails. And if you're an entrepreneur, failure is pretty free. It's just your time. One time has value, but it's important sometimes to fail. And I want to point you to Jeff Bezos from Amazon. He's spoken about this at length. They have failed many times. They have some huge product failures, and he's proud of it. That's part of the corporate culture. Jeff says they embrace failure, and you should do the same. Don't be afraid to mess up, especially if you're an entrepreneur and you're, you're, you're your own boss. Sure, when you have a client who's watching you, you got to be a little more careful. But if you have that flexibility, and it's a great luxury to have, I want to encourage you to try a lot. You know, Jeff said the difference between being an entrepreneur and baseball is that in baseball, you could strike out, and what's the best you can do? You can hit a home run. An entrepreneur can hit a 1,000 home runs in one at bat. That's what a hit can be. It can be game-changing. And the same, same can hold true for marketers. So I want to really encourage you. Embrace the failure. Right? You didn't think I was going to say that. All right, those were my three tips of the week. I do them every week. If you miss the other ones, go to iTunes. You can download it. But I don't think you should listen to only those. You should listen to the whole episode because my guests are amazing. And tonight's guests are going to be no exception. We're going to have Brittany Oat. We're going to have Mike Kuskowski. They're going to talk to you about social media. And they're going to be with us right after the break. Stay with us. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you found that PR firms are overexpensive and underdeliver? Have you hired a smart team of senior pros and ended up with a young team of recent grads? Well, you're not alone. 
we've had the same experience. That's why we created Lightspeed PR. Lightspeed isn't like other agencies. We're here to deliver results and do it quickly. It's right there in the name. By the way, we can't bait and switch because junior team members don't exist at Lightspeed. Visit LightspeedPR.com and learn more. We are ready to help. That's LightspeedPR.com. Tune in to Insights and Strategies with Barbara Lang for a look into the issues that matter to you, such as economic growth and stability, quality education, strong neighborhoods, and accountable leadership. We'll also highlight leadership today, how it can be strengthened, and how it impacts your community. Insights and Strategies is heard live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. If you're interested in gaining strategies to be more successful both at work and your personal life, check out Turn the Page with host Hemda Mizrahi. It's all about building new habits and perspectives. The show helps you identify the changes you need to make that align with your values and priorities. And then apply these principles to your career, health, social life, and other areas. These are proven techniques that work. Turn the Page airs live Fridays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are tuned into Marketing at Lightspeed with Ethan Raziel. We'd love to hear from you today. Call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Ethan at LightspeedPR.com. Now back to the show. Okay, we're back and it's a great pleasure and honor to have you with us, you are listening, hopefully on purpose, to the Marketing at Lightspeed program. And I want to welcome my first guest, Brittany Oak. Brittany, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Ethan. Yes, we've been talking about having you on for a while, and I am glad that we made it happen on this beautiful July evening. For those listening from the future, that's July 2016. So, Brittany, you started out as a journalist, and now you're a social media pro. That is an interesting path. How did you go from point A to point B? Sure. Well, I mean, in the news industry, a lot of people end up leaving. Um, it's a tough career for a lot of different reasons, and a lot of people leave to join the marketing world. Uh, for me, um, I was never someone who saw myself as a marketer. I always saw myself as a storyteller. So when I was looking to make a career change, I wanted to do something where I could keep sharing stories with people. And social media was just starting for businesses. And an agency approached me, and they were looking for someone to help make viral videos. I was already shooting and editing video stories as a TV reporter, and I just thought it would be a natural transition. Um, And the biggest thing for me has always been to just keep things true to the way I was as a reporter and keep it all about telling stories and not about selling. And that's actually made, I feel it's made me more successful as a marketer than um, if I just focused on the selling. So I'm really happy about the background that I have. Yeah, and you know, I think you know that I also was a journalist, and mm-hmm. I'm with you 100%. That storytelling, to be able to to do storytelling is uh, is what it's all about, right? So, For sure. uh, I love that. 
But you, you, you've, I've heard you mention, and as you just did, you were kind of there at the beginning of social media. Yeah. Do, do you think that, that, you know, every time I hear that, I, I kind of laugh a little bit. It's like, you know, saying, well, I was, I was there. I built that first Model T, you know. Is it like, <laughs> you know, is, I was there in the assembly line. And, you know, we used to have horses. And now, you know, we, do, do you feel, I mean, how long is that going to, you know, is, is, yeah. is it, what does it feel like to be at the beginning of an industry like that? It, I mean, it really was like a, a steam engine back then. It yeah. was a brand new thing. Um, I remember being out in the field as a reporter back in 2007 and 2008, and Twitter was was new and was all the buzz for journalists, and they handed me a second phone, and they said, this is for Twitter. And I was like, you want me to do what on top of, like, writing my <laughs> stories, and I have to I have to now do this? And, yeah. you know, you could barely even get cell phone reception back in those days, let alone be tweeting from the field. So it was just, a, it was a very different time. Um, and they didn't even have business and brand pages at that time. So literally the year that I switched from news um, to marketing was the year that Facebook businesses pages really started. Um, Advertising started on Facebook for um, anyone later that year. So it was a really exciting time of innovation on social media for businesses um, and, and a lot of change in terms of trying to figure out ways to monetize social media. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, it, it, it was exciting and it remains exciting. And I want to ask you something. I talked about failure a little bit at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And everybody kind of makes fun of MySpace and Six Degrees <laughs> and these things, right? It's like a punchline, MySpace, right? Well, it, it seems to me that it's about time for another social network to fail. And aren't we overdue for one? To, I mean, don't we have too many? Is, is, do, who do you think is going to fail next? Well, I think that I I always try to be a glass half full person. And yes, there is a chance that one of the networks could fail. And I have my my theories on it. But Google Plus? (laughs) Did it ever (laughs) succeed? (laughs) The jury's still out on that one. Yeah. Um, But I think that really, you know, there's, there's a few that have been rumored that they might fail. But I think that if they get the right person in there and they learn how to be niche and they find a way to specialize and create their own unique value, then that's how they can turn things around and succeed. And that's what LinkedIn is trying to do um, with their recent acquisition. Um, And that is what Twitter has been trying to do for a couple of years now. Um, But I think if, you know, you can't just keep being a carbon copy of the networks. You have to find out what makes you unique and what audience you serve and really specialize. And I think that's what we're going to see over the next decade is just, it's going to be an explosion of networks, but they're all going to be really unique and special and different. And you're going to have to figure out what works best, you know, where you as a human being feel most comfortable, right? We all have our circle of friends. And then where as a business, you want to be targeting that audience. Right. And speaking of audience targeting, my clients say to me, not all of them have said this, but a lot of them say, Ethan, they say, you know what we need? We need a viral video. Um, can, you, can you make us a viral video? They say, we saw a video where a kid was saying, 
his brother was poking him and he said, Charlie, stop it. Ouch. Can you make that video for us? That had a hundred billion views. Can you make it? But, but, but except for a boy being poked by his brother, can you make it about our cloud storage infrastructure system, please? Now, everybody would love to have a viral video and usually those viral videos are not done on purpose, right? Those are things that nobody wants out there. Brittany, you, if I'm not mistaken, have created an award-winning viral video. Can you tell tell our listeners how you did it and how they can do the same thing? Sure. I mean, they're really, like you said, there is no secret recipe. And I always laugh because I don't ever allow it to be called a viral video until it has gone viral. Um, and I don't- You gotta even- start with a viral video, okay? And then make it better from there, okay? Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's just, it's hard because again, like you can think you have the best idea out there, but there's like a, a secret sauce that if, if we could crack the code on it, we'd, you know, be doing something different, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we'd just be churning out this content, but it's, it's, it's hard. It, you don't always know exactly what makes something catch, but what you can do is you can either go the expensive route and bring in a team of, you know, comic writers or, um, you know, filmmakers and a production team, and they're going to put together something that at least people are going to be enthralled with and, and want to watch. That's the expensive route. Um, for me, because I came from the news business and because I kind of just get video, I was able to create some videos for clients that were pretty good and one that, you know, in particular, that really caught on and ended up winning this award. Um, so the one that I did that, that won um, this award um, several years back was actually for a pharmaceutical, um, an over-the-counter medicine called a silococcinum. I don't know if you've seen it, but at flu season, it's, it's like these pellets that you put under your tongue and it's supposed to get rid of the flu. It's a homeopathic medicine. Uh-huh. I'm it sure actually that- works. Yeah, no, I take it all the time. (laughs) But (laughs) we, I was so excited when I got them as a client. So I was like, Oh my goodness, I love this stuff. And we, they wanted a viral video. And it's like, what do you, what do you do for this? And you know, the name, no one in the office that I was working at the time could pronounce the name of the medication. So we decided to make a video trying to get people in like Whole Foods and other places where it was sold to figure out how to pronounce the name. And it was hysterical hearing people with different accents and from different backgrounds trying to pronounce this thing. Kids, 90-year-old women. It was so funny. Um, you know, and, and, and that kind of worked for it. But sometimes you just have to come up with that really cool, funny idea that catches on. And, and that's what we did there. That's cool. So um, could you tell everybody what was, um, if they want to find that video, what do they search on? Yeah, if you go to YouTube um, and you just type in um, Oscillococcinum, which I yeah. know is really hard. To, I, Good I, job I, there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's the company that makes the uh, medication is called Boiron. It's B-O-I-R-O-N. And they have a YouTube channel, and it'll be the one with the most views on their YouTube ah, channel. Um, yeah, so that's easy enough. I also, there was another um, series of funny videos I did for a brand called Anti-Monkey Butt Powder. Um, and those are really worth watching too, because those were really funny and they did really well um, in addition. So some fun ones to check out. <laughs> Anti monkey butt powder. Yeah, we could have a whole separate show on that one, Ethan. Okay. 
<laughs> I'll have you back next week to talk about I want to have a whole hour on that. But we gotta, <laughs> I'm very interested to hear more about that. But uh, Brittany, we, we, we work together on, on, uh, on Crux, one of, mm-hmm. one of Lightspeed's clients for which you manage the, the, the social media. And you come up with, and I'm watching what you do, you come up with interesting content day in and day out. And I wanted to ask you, how do you, for, it's a two-part question, like that White House correspondent, what is, what is your secret to coming up and keeping it interesting when you have to tweet every day? And then just more generally, are there any tips you want to share with our listeners about how to create compelling social media content? Sure. So I think it's interesting what you said before about listening. Um, social media is actually way more about listening than people realize. You have to see what's trending and what people are talking about. Um, and be someone who is engaging with other people's content on social media. It's a two-way street. So that's the way that I start, whether it's, you know, for Crux or any other client, I try to listen to see how people are engaging with my client. And a lot of the times we will even share the content that's coming in from our followers on our social media channels because people love to see themselves in the spotlight Mm -hmm. and it's a great way to start a conversation. So that's kind of one of my tips. Um, the other thing is, is it's, it's all about little tidbits of information. You're telling a bigger story, but there's a lot of little sentences and a lot of little clips or a lot of photos that go into making up that story. So instead of being broad, you have to go really narrow with every piece of content that you put out. And if you do that, it's really endless. There's endless little nuggets that you can put out there. Um, So that's the other thing that I try to do is go as narrow as possible. Um, And the final thing is to just stay current. Uh, There is news happening every day. You know, the news never runs out of things to cover. Um, so I try to relate what I'm doing back to the current day and stay on topic with what's what's happening and, and be smart with the commentaries as it relates to our current events. Yeah, uh, being topical is uh, very important, especially because so many t- Twitter feeds and other feeds, you can tell we're programmed by a robot like six months at a time and it's just the same repeated stuff. So yeah, it's always good to have that uh, that. Uh, realism of being topical that way people know that it was created by a real person okay that's really good stuff thank you Uh, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we're going to have our second guest just after that so stay with us voice america business network the bottom line in business Have you found that PR firms are overexpensive and underdeliver? Have you hired a smart team of senior pros and ended up with a young team of recent grads? Well, you're not alone. We've had the same experience. That's why we created Lightspeed PR. Lightspeed isn't like other agencies. We're here to deliver results and do it quickly. It's right there in the name. By the way, we can't bait and switch because junior team members don't exist at Lightspeed. Visit LightspeedPR.com and learn more. We are ready to help. That's LightspeedPR.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. 
Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Marketing at Lightspeed with Ethan Raziel. We'd love to hear from you today. Call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to ethan at lightspeedpr.com. Now back to the show. Hey, welcome back to the Marketing at Lightspeed program. I'm your host, Ethan Raziel. And if you're just joining us, then you messed up because our first guest was Brittany Ode, and she gave you some great insights into how she does social. But now we have our second guest, and that is Mr. Michael Kuskowski. Michael, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. It's great being here. Thank you for having me. Sure. And Michael is part of Carpenter Group, who I gave a shout out to at the beginning of the program. I'm actually in their offices right now. And Michael, can you start by telling our listeners about your background and how you got to where you are now? Oh, certainly. Um, I, I think I started out very similar to, to both of you. I, I studied journalism and have a journalism background. Oh, three for three. Well, except I sold out like right away. You know, <laughs> I, I sort of left college and realized that I wasn't going to be very good at like interviewing politicians or holding a microphone in front of someone on television. So I really uh, left Buffalo, New York, went to New York City and started working for some advertising agencies uh, right away. I did that for a few years and then um, started working for a few of uh, my former clients that were in the financial services industry. So I really worked for some companies like Citigroup and Solomon Brothers and Lincoln Financial Group and Ameriprise and the Hartford and a few brands like that. And the interesting thing is I've been working with Carpenter Group now for about six or seven months directly, but I've been working with Carpenter Group at some of those firms for almost 15 or 20 years now. So it's been a pretty long-standing relationship. So I decided to go back to the agency side of things. Yeah. Well, it's a uh they're privileged to have you affiliated with them, and and from the exposure I've I've had, I, to you, I've, I'm I've been the lucky pressed. one. I am <laughs> the lucky <Yeah>. one. <laughs> well, it's a win-win situation, right? So, yep. w- one of the things I wanted to ask you about, I was looking at your your uh, CV. Yep. And it says here that when you were at the Hartford, and it says here that you built 
250,000 highly engaged Facebook followers in just six months. Now, I have to tell you, that is incredible. That's incredible by almost any measure. How do you do that? Um, actually, the first point that you brought up, you know, one of your first tips tonight is really what guided our program and got us there. Um, we actually shut up and listened. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I think Brittany said something very similar. Um, you know, the Hartford really, uh, one of their biggest product lines is insurance for uh, small business owners. But the one thing that research really showed us is that uh, business owners don't care about insurance. They don't want to talk about insurance. Most of the time, they don't want to buy it. So what we had to figure out was how to really get into a conversation about insurance with the business owners. And what we really came up with when we listened to some business owners, looked at some research, um, started doing some social media, is that if we got into a conversation through social media about stuff that they really, really cared about, which was like how to run their business, uh, how to do a spreadsheet, how to like market themselves in social media, um, we, we suddenly became their best friends. And then over time, we could slowly insert those messages about risk, insurance, and other things. And they were then really willing to like listen to us because we were a, a very, very trusted friend to them. So that's how we grew quickly. We, we really, we didn't talk about ourselves. We helped them with what they cared about. That's, and that's great advice for anybody. You always want to provide that value back. Now, I didn't get to get into this with, with Britt, but I wanted to ask you about the different social media channels. Now, for me, the big three, you got Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Right, we don't need to talk about. Then we got Snapchat, Instagram, etc. G plus. Okay, Instagram's becoming like my best friend lately. Ah, okay, that's what I. Wa- that's the insight that I wanted. So, what, what, what would your big three then be? You know, I. It would depend completely on the audience that you're trying to reach, uh-huh. and what you're trying to get into a dialogue about. Um, you know, and at one point, you know trying to communicate with small business owners or with financial planning um, LinkedIn was obvious but then it turned out that over time you know I've discovered that there are certain types of business owners who really run their business off Facebook and that can be a very very powerful channel for people who run things like restaurants or bakeries or Realty, you know, realty firms. Um, yeah, they, you know, they run their businesses through that. Um, Instagram, you know, so you don't think. Let's that talk people- about Facebook for a second before you go sure. to Instagram. Yep. I, I, I think like you and and like a lot of people, I'm on Facebook a lot. But my clients, they say, we don't care about Facebook. That's just for cat pictures or baby pictures. And real business is done on LinkedIn and Twitter. But it sounds like you're saying something different. So how would you respond to that? So, you know, I I find great value in LinkedIn when you're trying to market or talk to certain professions. You can have tremendous success with it. But I think a lot of people uh, 
when they're in the supermarket checkout aisle or when they're on the train, they're in Facebook trying to see what's going on. And if you hit them with the right message about something they're interested in, whether it is a cat video or it's information about your product or it's information about how to run their business better, they're going to read it. You know, we've had great success. Even now with some of the work I'm doing with Carpenter Group, you know, we really do try to reach people in the financial marketing arena. And we've had great luck targeting them in Facebook. We're very careful about who we go after, but we find that if we offer information on how to make your marketing life better in Facebook, people will click and read it. So um, I think it just depends on the message and who you're trying to reach. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's like what I say to some of my clients when they're very B2B and they're very B2B centric. Yes. And I have a consumer facing opportunity. What I say to them is, and I think this is what you're saying, is that however B2B focused, however businessy or enterprisey you are, eventually everybody goes home and becomes a regular person and just becomes a consumer. And you're going to, you're going to, like you said, you, you have to go grocery shopping and you have to, to you're going to turn on the TV and you're going to look at Facebook. And so you, you can reach everybody that way, whatever they do during nine to five, right? Exactly. It's like, that's where they're at. And even though they're relaxing in front of the TV, they're not turning their brains off completely. So if you're offering them right information in that channel, they'll click in and they'll either view it or flip through a slideshow or read, read an article. You're just as likely to reach them there. Absolutely. Yep. So I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Britt. Do you, do you have any best practices or tips for our listeners on, on how to execute social media campaigns effectively? Well, I would say what I said earlier is um, listen, listen, listen. I appreciate you know, really appreciated your 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 um, last tip also about being willing to uh, uh, fail. You know, I think uh, social media is a really low cost, uh, low um, risk way to sort of try messages, try images, try videos. Um, Put them out there. See what resonates. See what catches on. And then you can build ideas from there. Um, I think one of the biggest issues that I've seen in the many, many years I've been doing this is that a lot of people want to use social media as an opportunity to talk or to blast out messages. I think it's way more effective when you know you, you put stimulus out there and you let your consumer base respond to it and you get into a conversation with them and uh, you know take it from there. I think the other thing that's very very important is again I think this came up earlier um, is telling a story. You know storytelling I think is really critical. I think some people sometimes use social media as a once and done. It's a pulse they put out there and they hope to get a reaction and it's done. I think the best social media campaigns really think through, you know, what you want the person to do on social media and then where you want them to land. And then ideally what happens after they land there? Are you giving them the opportunity 
to explore something new and take the journey further and then to keep watching that journey as they take it and adjust it based on what you know people do so it's kind of like give them the opportunity to take their own journey or make up their own story i think that's really important and do you have a way you know you talked about encouraging people to take action based on that social content do you have a way to track the results because and this is a big question like how do you measure obviously followers and things like shares and retweets but are there any bigger bigger more broader ways to to deliver metrics on this so yeah um actually i will double check first thing in the morning that we have a, a a a paper that we wrote at Carpenter uh, that it's available on the website. But what we try to do, we, we call it the algorithm. And instead of just measuring one aspect of a, a social media or a content marketing or a digital marketing campaign, it really explains how you step back and figure out how you measure every step of the campaign and what you think success looks like. And then link that together into a formula and then you can look at every aspect of the campaign and figure out whether it's successful or not and whether it's holding together as a complete story. And I know sometimes the old sales funnel or the marketing funnel is kind of outdated, but it will show you where the leaks in your funnel or the leaks in your pipe really are and how to fix them. You know, you mentioned, Michael, the, the sales funnel. That makes me think of... HubSpot and uh, inbound communications and all that stuff. Uh, those of you who've listened to this show for a while may know that I'd like to talk about this topic, but I want to ask you, um, what do you think about content marketing and, and kind of the HubSpot approach? Well, content marketing to me is like it's near and dear to my heart um, because I do think no matter what you do in marketing nowadays, it's it really is about telling that story or allowing people to create their own story. So I, I don't think that you can be effective if you're not a good storyteller and you're not able to sort of create that journey that people can jump into and appreciate and enjoy over time. I think that's also the only way, you know, you're you're ever going to get someone from where their head is at at any given point to actually making a sale. Yep, and that's what it's all about, right, is making that sale, and in the end, uh, you need that, uh, you need the uh, ka-ching, right? Um, okay, so that's great advice. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, I'm going to ask both of my guests to share with all of you their favorite tools and apps for social media campaigns, so stay with us. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network have you found that pr firms are over expensive and under deliver have you hired a smart team of senior pros and ended up with a young team of raising grads well you're not alone we've had the same experience that's why we created lightspeed pr 
Lightspeed isn't like other agencies. We're here to deliver results and do it quickly. It's right there in the name. By the way, we can't bait and switch because junior team members don't exist at Lightspeed. Visit LightspeedPR.com and learn more. We are ready to help. That's LightspeedPR.com. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. How is your marketing going? Really? Mm-hmm. Not so good? What could you be doing wrong? You've spent a lot of time and money on your marketing, tried to follow what other successful people are doing, and yet your business marketing plan is still coming up short. Try something new. Tune into Extreme Exposure, the power of personality marketing, with host Jackie McClinigan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It just might work for you. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Marketing at Lightspeed with Ethan Raziel. We'd love to hear from you today. Call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Ethan at LightspeedPR.com. Now back to the show. Hey, welcome back to the program. You are listening to Marketing at Lightspeed. And I have really found what my two guests have said tonight to be really interesting. And I know that that's the case when I start reaching for a pen to take notes. And my guests have been Michael Kuskowski with Carpenter Group and Brittany O, who is with Be Social as well as Lightspeed. And again, thank you both for joining me. And I wanted to ask you, for starters, in our final segment, to share the biggest social media screw-ups that you've seen, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick it off. This is not a social media screw-up, but I want to tell the story. I've been saving this one for a special occasion, and this is it. You're going to think I'm making this up, but I swear it's true. I was given a business card by somebody I met at a trade show who was the director of public relations at a company that I will not name, except there was a typo in the person's title the director of public relations, in the word public, the letter L, was missing from public <laughs> relations. I swear to you, I was given that business card, and it was not on purpose. And if this was in the days of cell phones, I would have pulled out my, of, of smartphones with cameras, I would have snapped a picture, but this was more than 10 years ago, and I think I had a Blackberry. But uh, I never forgot that moment, and, and that's just a fail epic fail. I, I don't know if you can top that one, but do either of you have any interesting social media uh, fails to mention? Yeah, I have something kind of interesting. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a fail of technology, us being overly dependent on 
technology and the apps that we use to help us do our job. I tend to be a little old school sometimes with like hand posting and doing some things in in the more original way because I fear, I sometimes fear technology in a weird way. Um, I've had an issue one day where one of the systems that I schedule posts with had a glitch and the wrong posts went on the wrong client pages. And it's not like I'm working with any clients that have anything inappropriate. Um, But you don't really want that happening and it just looks really terrible. Um, So that's made me very weary and nervous of scheduling platforms that I work with since then because you just never quite know. You put your data in and you got to kind of pray for the best every day, you know? (laughs) It's funny that you mentioned that you don't trust software because I don't trust human beings. So I guess, (laughs) I guess together we have have a perfect team, right? Checks and balances, Ethan. Yeah, checks and balances. uh, That's right. Uh, uh, Michael, what about you? Any, uh, any social media fails you care to mention or things not to do? Well, I, I would say that, you know, if you're doing social media correctly, um, you probably should have 20, 30, 50, maybe 100 fails every single day. And, you know, the reason I say that is, um, you know, I, I use Power Editor, similar tools, etc., to like feed a lot of information into Facebook or Instagram or other social networks and love to see like how they configure social posts to help find like the successful post for a particular audience. And when you do that, you are like really confronted with like 30 bad ideas and two (laughs) good ones. And, you know, you, you sort of look at it and go, well, gee, when I typed that in, it seemed like so, it was so amusing. And one person out of like 300 found it amusing. But the great thing is some bunch of people found something that you put in there, you know, valuable. And I, I, I think what I love about social media, my career goes way back. And similar to like what you were talking about with a, misspe- uh, a misspelling, I remember working at an agency many years ago and I was working on uh, – an Atlantic City casino. And the agency was on Broadway in New York. And we had some invitations printed up that cost a fortune because they were targeted to high net worth, you know, gamblers. And the thing that you walk down in Atlantic City when it was printed was spelled B-R-O-A-D-W-A-L-K. It was the Broadwalk because we were so used to seeing Broadway. And we freaked out because it cost a fortune. Who is going to eat up all the money, et cetera? What I love about social, you can make a mistake, you can catch a mistake, and you can correct it really quickly, and it doesn't cost you anything. So I think it makes people feel safer about trying things and safer about that opportunity to fail. Right. Unless, of course, you're New York mayoral hopeful Anthony Weiner, uh, in which case... Uh, you can't crawl that one back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to tell you, and I have to tell, tell everybody, uh, my wife and I, we went to the movies and we saw the, the documentary Weiner. Right. And uh, that movie is amazing. You have I to go see that. I saw that one. I can't believe he allowed that level of access. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> 
It, you can't believe it. And it was supposed to be about his comeback, and it turned out to be not, not that thing, and, and instead a, a study of failure. But yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody is going to top that level of social media failure. But let, let's, I, I, don't, I don't mean to create fear in folks. Most, most mistakes won't be like his. No, but I do think, and I, I will just say this very quickly, that people catch mistakes like in an instant um, with the way that social media works. And I don't mean to be like paranoid and fearful because I'm not, but like, for example, you've seen every week there's like a list of like the biggest social media fails and it's mostly because, you know, somebody who's young or an intern ended up posting something on, you know, the the social media channel that they're managing for work instead of on their own or they were joking around late at the office and something got sent and it shouldn't have or somebody just didn't know who somebody was like I don't know if you remember that tweet that went out at the Oscars when somebody um said that Oprah was Whoopi Goldberg um but like it's just little negligent things like that and they do get noticed immediately Mm -hmm. so I think it just comes back to the fact that like it's okay to make mistakes if you're doing it for the sake of like trying to see what works and what doesn't Um, but you have to be really vigilant about those other things because if you make one little slip people can't wait in this the way that society is now to call you out on it (laughs) true Um, True. okay so uh, as much as I would love to talk only about social media social media fail I want to give our our listeners some uh, some more helpful advice. And so, Brittany, why don't you start? What are the tools and apps and things like that? How, what, what do you use to help you uh, execute on these campaigns? So, personally, my favorite app that I use for scheduling posts and for listening on social media um, is called Sendable. S-E-N-D-I-B-L-E. Um, it's always on like the top five or ten list in terms of apps for scheduling. I know a lot of people use Hootsuite. I personally like Sendable just because I think that it allows you to schedule your media better that goes along with your posts, and it's great for listening and seeing what your audience really reacts with, and it's great for scheduling retweets ahead of time, too. Okay, super. Uh, Michael, what about you? Have you used Sendable, or do you use other apps? Oh, God, I'm a Hootsuite guy, but I'm going to have to try Sendable now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I, I am a Hootsuite, you know, person. I I just find that, um, you know, I'm also a numbers guy. You know, I've been in financial services for years. So I think anything like, uh, you know, Google Analytics, any of the um, tools that just give me metrics really, really quickly are important. I love sitting in front of a dashboard and just very quickly being able to see what's working and, uh, you know, what's not working. Um, I think those are the things that are really important to me. Yeah, so it sounds like we have a, a Hootsuite versus Sendable grudge match in the making. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, there's one other thing. Hold on uh, I wanted to ask you. So, um, Michael, is there anything about social media that, that really frustrates you? I mean, wh- what do you what do you wish was different about the way social media works? Oh, sometimes I just go back to, you know, the days when you could broadcast a message and people would listen. And there are days when you're in social media 
and you feel like that awkward teen at the dance because nobody wants to talk to you or they're not listening to what you have to say. But that's also the great part of social media because it really helps your company's brand become more sensitive, more mature, um, helps you grow up so that you become a better guest at the party. Well said. And Brittany, what about you? Is there anything about social media that frustrates you and you think wish was different? Yeah. On the business side, what frustrates me is how how social media is so pay to play. But at the same time, it's also oversaturated the advertising on social media now. And it's just forced um, myself and my team to just get more um, nuanced about the way we're targeting ads. Um, All right, great. I, I got to interrupt you because we're almost out of time, but could you, Brittany, how do people reach you if they want to write to you? Oh, sure. They can just email me at Brittany at BeSocialStrategy.com or um, look up BeSocialStrategy on Facebook or Twitter and Instagram and find me that way. And Michael, how do people find you? Carpenter NYC. You'll find my profile or you'll find opportunities to contact the agency and the message will get through to me. All right. Uh, I can't thank you both enough for joining me, and I can't thank all of my listeners for joining us. Again, it's Ethan Raziel. You've been listening to Marketing at Lightspeed. You can reach me at ethan at lightspeedpr.com. Come on back next week, and have a good evening, everybody. Thanks so much for listening this week to Marketing at Lightspeed. Please join Ethan Raziel next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help you improve your marketing one show at a time.